Welcome to a night of total terror. Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, Episode 4. The Undead Wookiee Cast is a fortnightly podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi. However, there will be times where we delve into other genres and other platforms, as here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Tonight's episode, we will be looking at the 1987 action sci-fi horror classic, Predator, directed by John McTiernan and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, before I introduce my co-hosts tonight, I'm very excited to have him on. Um, but let's first of all, let's check out the trailer. We're a rescue team, not assassins. Now, what are we going to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer, the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean, we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jet. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took it. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We have nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, I killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. Ah! He was skinned alive! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Okay, so uh, it is with great pleasure that I get to introduce my next, uh, I say next guest, it's our second guest on the Undead Wookiee cast. Um, it's probably one of my oldest friends, one of my dearest friends, and somebody who um, I've been really excited about having on for this episode. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest, Mr. Leighton Winston. Hello. Good evening, Mr. Lloyd. How the devil are you? I'm very good, my friend. I'm very good, my friend. It's nice good that good, we pretend good. that we haven't been talking for about 10, 15 minutes before. 
Oh, you've had to shatter, you've shattered the illusion. <laughs> These people no. out there think that, we, you know, we just, this is just off the cuff and, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no notes in front of us, you know, there's no, no, no catching up, nothing like that at all. We haven't spent the last sort of week tro- no. <laughs> trolling, no. the, trolling the internet for as much information no. as we could possibly. No. All I there. Did, I have, I have actually watched the film. I have actually watched the film, which is great when you're talking about a film as well, man. But yeah. there we are. Yeah. So, what I usually do is, uh, with guests on, first of all, I sort of um, talk about sort of, you know, for example, when we did our Batman episode, um, yeah. I asked uh, John when he was on about his top five bat-related books. Okay. And uh, so, I'm going to jump right in. What's your top five Arnold films? Oh, now then, now then. Number one, or should I do one, five or five for one? Ent- entirely up to you, entirely up to you. Right, number one would have to be Terminator 2, nice. simply simply because it practically changed the way modern action films were made, in as much that the abyss sort of introduced CGI, Terminator 2 took it on that next millennia, didn't it, in the, in yeah. the way yeah. that action sequences were filmed, how they were choreog- uh, everything with the choreography, how the film was shot, and um, it just sort of sent a benchmark that wasn't broken arguably for a very very long time yeah and it is it is arnie's best film um number two is the film that we're going to be talking about yeah um i th- i i i'd argue as 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 brilliant as terminator 2 is technically predator is probably arnie's best action film yeah because yeah. you can see the, the weight of the world is on his shoulders <laughs> yeah. you know and, and, and it's it's it, it's his responsibility to get his men in and get his men out and you know, he's not—he's not renowned for his acting ability as such. As he's more of more of his physical presence and his yeah. his, his brilliant comic timing, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, with 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 a, with a pithy one liner that again we'll come to. But you know, it, I, I, yeah, Predator is probably his second best film. Um, third, third, third. What can I um, True Lies, perhaps. True Lies is a is a great, nice, nice good choice. You know, he's, 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 his charisma really comes to the fore, doesn't he? You know, yeah. You know, every, you know when those nearest and dearest to him think that he's just like this computer programmer who's got a really boring job, <laughs> you know. And then in the next breath, he's speaking speak in Arabic, and you know, and he's able to woo the most gorgeous woman in the room, and yeah. that, he can dance. The man can dance. He can dance. Well, he can yeah. dance. But um, yeah, probably go through lies. Now I've always had a soft spot for Red Heat. Yeah. Yeah, the Walter Hill film with um, James Belushi. Yeah. Um, oh, I think I I don't think I've seen it proper since I was a kid, but you know that's very much of this sort of eighties, you know, early of his time. Peak. Yes, it's yes, very you know, much of his time. And I, I've got no doubt if I were to watch it back now, it's probably horrendously dated, <laughs> and you know, probably very misogynic, and you know, and it's probably not PC. But um, I've, I've always sort of had an affinity with it, and I think it's you know. It's just the time and the place, isn't it? Yeah. You know? James Belushi is so good in that as well. He is really, oh, really good. So, so funny. He's so he's such a brilliant comedic actor, and you know, it kind of makes me pine that you know go back to True Lies rather than have Tom Arnold have James Belushi there, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I don't know how Tom. Ar- I don't know how Tom Arnold. Works. He's got some. He's got something over <laughs> camera. Let's be honest. Um, but what, 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 number five. Number five. I've had a. I've had a rubbish one, and then I've got to have another good one. Uh, Total Recall. Nice. Total nice. Recall. Paul Verhoeven. 
No, that is a man for another time. But yeah, yeah. But yeah that, that that again for its time was you know it was something revolutionary, you know, because yeah. it was it was at the time it was the most expensive film in the world, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And you know, biggest budget, you know, and for what would be in this country an eighteen film to sort of give the money out by a studio to make a film like that, where you're not going to have kids fifteen years old able to go and see it, no, no. which is a big old step, wouldn't it, for the film company at the time, but. They went past the yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> but um, no, and it's a really, really good film. And Arnie, Arnie is, Arnie's pretty good in that as well. Yeah, so well off, that, off the top of my head, that would be my top five. What's really interesting about Total Recall is he actually asked for lots of his dialogue to be taken away. Because really, yeah, he asked for lots of his dialogue to be taken away because he said, "Look, I'm not being funny with my accent. I'm doing a lot of exposition." Yeah. It's not going to work. So he asked for lots of his dialogue, and he's done that in a few in a lot in a few of his films. He's asked for exposition and lines to be taken away. Yeah, yeah, I, I never realised that. But then I suppose if if you're, I don't know, the the, the one then for want of a better yeah. expression, you know, that do you want to be breaking out into you know long winded sentences where people just want to see people getting their faces caved in, isn't it? You know, and yeah. um, you want to see creepy mutants on Mars. So I totally get what he's saying, but, but cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah, off the I top mean, of my head. My top five's a little bit controversial. Oh, God. Don't you say twins, I'm ending this call. No, 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 right? no, twins, is no <laughs> twins doesn't even make it in the top ten. It doesn't even get it in the top ten. <laughs> I mean, for me, my number one Arnold film is yeah. Conan the Barbarian. I'm right. a big fan of John, uh, John Milos. John Milos, yeah. Because uh, he's, just, he's, just, he's just crazy. Red Dawn, as well, is just an insane film. We're not talking about the rubbish remake now. Oh, no, we? no, no. And we're not talking about the rubbish remake of Corner, neither, are we? Do you know, I refuse to watch it. Good point, neither have I. I refuse to watch it. So, yeah, but Conan, I absolutely love Conan. It's just, I made my wife watch it the other day, and um, yeah, we're still, we're still married. Um, <laughs> just about, just about. Just about. Uh, yeah. My number two's the original Terminator. Great film. Great, I think it's, great, you know, great. it's just a brilliant, brilliant film. And if you think... If it wasn't for Piranha, you yeah. wouldn't have Terminator. No. It's... Do we, so do we thank Roger Corman for that then? Or I, think we we... Need to th- I think we need to thank Roger Corman for an yeah. awful lot because he also <laughs> gave us Jack Nicholson. Yes, he did. He, he did. did, indeed. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, and so I he, just, he, you know, so I, Go on. I was going to say, sorry, James Cameron actually started working with um, Roger Corman, didn't he, did. he, as well? He did, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, he yeah. built, um, have you seen Battle Beyond the Stars? Oh, yeah, he built the props, didn't he? He built the props for Battle Beyond the Stars. How the hell did he get sued for ripping off Star Wars in that film? Oh, it's it's brilliant. And the fact that, you know, John Saxon is in Battle Beyond the Stars as well. I I love that film, you know. George Peppard as well. George Peppard, John Saxon, and the guy guy from... From the original uh, Magnificent Seven. um, And the the boy from Waltons. Yeah, yeah, John Boy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh. Number three is yeah T two. Is what T two? Yeah, T two. I love T two. I remember going to see that in the cinema in Merthyr. Oh my god! Yeah. Don't bother looking, kids. It ain't there anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long gone. Long gone. Uh, number four is Predator, which I'm yeah. really going to go into more detail. My, yeah. my number five is a controversial one. It is a controversial on. one. It's Maggie. On. Now I haven't seen Maggie. It's the one with the zombie daughter, it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't he seen is it. So good in it. Really, he is really, really good in it, and he gives probably. 
got his strongest acting performance in it oh, because wow. there's there's hardly any action in it. In fact, yeah. I would say there's next to nothing. There's a couple of zombie scenes and there's a couple of good scares in it. But yeah. actually, he gives um, an incredible performance in it. And it's very, very understated. It's a really, really good screen performance. I loved it. And um, uh, Jolly Richardson's in it as his wife. And she's oh, really good. And he actually acts her off the screen. Oh, never. I love it. It's a controversial one. Is um is his daughter Abigail Breslin in there? I think so. I think so. It, yeah, right. Because she's she's a great actress in her own right. Yeah. Because she she's only what 19, 18, 19, 18, I think she's, I think she was about eighteen when she made this, and she's she's brilliant in it. She's really really good, and it's more of a you know I'm a bit of a zombie fiend, um, as we know. Uh, yeah, um, but. It's not really, a, it's a zombie film, but it's not actually a zombie film. It's more about sort right. of somebody coming to terms with um, a, a family member with a terminal illness. All right, cool. It's, it's, it's really, you know, it's really good. And I think some people were fairly um, dismissive of it because obviously, yeah. you, know, you know, Arnold is flexing his acting, acting muscles a little bit more. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I, some of his comeback films have been a bit hit and miss. Um, yeah. I mean, I re, I you know, I really enjoyed Sabotage. I thought that was good. To be, I got to be honest with you, I don't think I've seen any of his comeback films after his political jaunt. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I don't think I have. I might have, if one has been on in passing, I might have paid attention to it, but I haven't sort of gone out of my way for it. And I certainly will not watch all of the Expendables films. I did try watching the first one. I tried. I gave it my every effort. I lasted 20 minutes and I had to turn it off because it was utterly, utterly appalling. It was abysmal. Are you trying to say that the appearance of Stone Cold Steve Austin was not, uh, didn't sort of make great cinematic viewing? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) It's dread. It was awful. It it was like, it's like somebody had put a a steroid injection into the side of my television and it just, it was, it was way too much testosterone and way too much masculinity on screen and uh, the dialogue. It was horrible. So I turned turned, turned it off and they made three of them. Three of them. They made an awful lot of money. Well, it is that, I suppose. It it? made, they made an awful lot of money. Indeed. Indeed. Anyway, shall we dive into Predator? Shall we indeed? Yeah. I mean, in terms of like, when you look at how this film is set up, I mean, you know, it's a fairly simple plot. But yeah. um, I think, you know, I think one of the things that makes this film work is the cast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know I, it, sorry, go on. I was going to say something. You, you, look at the, you look at the director, you know, you know John McTierton. He's a bit of a controversial one now. Well, I, 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 as I said to you, I've made a ton of notes about it, and I was, I thought, right, let's start at the top. Predator, nineteen eighty-seven, mm-hmm. um, directed by John McTiernan, who, after this, made Die Hard, which yeah. is, you know, the bona fide action film, isn't it? Basically, oh, to this day, it's just. It's everything that you want in an action film, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, when you look at that film, and it's the same when you look at Predator, actually. Um, you look at it, and they look fantastic. Yep. I was, I've was. i actually got a note here about the director of photography. 
And um, it's not about him, but I remember reading an article, I think it was either by Cameron Crowe or Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And both of them came out and said, uh, oh, sorry, one of them came out and said, I don't know how to make a film. I just tell my director of photography and they shoot the film. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's yeah. telling somebody your ideas, how you want it to look, and then they make it. And it's vital in both Predator and Die Hard, you know, because yeah. there's so many iconic moments in both films. Oh, then, completely, completely. You know, and it's, little, it's the little parts that you tend to forget about, which are as, it's hugely important as an explosion happening. Yeah. There's like, there's, um, there's a shot in the film, there's a panning shot when um, they're looking for, let me get my notes, they get my notes. They're looking for one of the squad. I think they're looking for, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? When they're looking for Hawkins' body. Yeah, yeah. And they follow, follow an Arnie and it goes up the tree. Yeah. And you've yeah. still got Arnie in your line of sight, but the camera's going up and up and up and up and up. And you know what's coming. Yeah. And it goes up and up and there he is, strung up for all and sundry to to see and if you're a bird, eat. <laughs> but um, no, it's, 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 it's right, isn't it? And after that, he made The Hunt for Red October as well, which is yeah. a great film in its own as well. And again, some of the, you know, and when you look at you know, the, the technical aspect of shooting in a submarine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... You've, you've only got to look at Das Boot, isn't it? You know, yeah. and that tension and, and Crimson Tide as well. You know, mm. which came out only came out. It was in the nineteen eighty four, ninety five. You know, yeah, which is it was like four years after Hunt uh, for Red October. You know, and it's yes, they're all claustrophobic, but the thing is, those films have their individual looks. And going from a Mexican jungle to a skyscraper in Los Angeles to go into a submarine, you know, in the middle of you know the Russian, you know. Yeah. See, it's just, it's just, it's mental. But he, he went a bit rubbish after it, didn't he? he went, yeah. He was, a little, he was so hit the mess, wasn't he? And then prison. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. We'll avoid that. Part. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, you know, he, he's, he's, if you think about it, he, he hadn't really made a film sort of to lend himself to making a film like Predator, had he? No, no. Well, he'd, he'd made um, Nomads with Pierce Brosnan. That was his yeah. first film. Yeah. Um, have you seen that? No, no. It, I, I've, I've read about it. It's okay. Um, I think lots of people sort of, um, I think, possibly overrated a little bit. It looks really good. Yeah. Um, Pierce Brosnan is awful. He's awful oh. in it. Um, but yeah, you know, Anyway, I'll, you know, I'll let other people make their minds up about it. But yeah, no, the, you can see there's flashes of genius in it. There's right, flashes right. of it in there. You, you know, that style that would be, you would go on to perfect. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's crazy, isn't it? You know, because ultimately at the time, Predator had a fairly big film budget, didn't he? 15, 20 million for 1987. Yeah. You know, that's, that was really quite unheard of. You know, the guy making his second film, mm. you know, who hadn't made a, a, what, a big action film at that time, no, isn't it? no. Um, you know, and it's quite a leap of faith, really, by the producers, and you know, Joel Silver and Lawrence Gordon and John Davis, you know, men who'd made massive box office hits even before Predator oh, came out. Like, you you know, mean, well, Lethal Weapon. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's such a leap of faith in when films get made, isn't it? You know, about choosing the right person, the right director, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. is it going to look right? Is it going to is it going to be like it's read on the page and it's, it's, it's fascinating, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, Die Hard. Oh yeah. By the way, I made Predator and Die Hard in the space of two years. Yeah. <sighs> I hate people like that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
But yeah, no, we, you know, when you look at like, you know, the makeup of this film, you know, I, do you know, one of the things that I only realized actually when I was sort of really sort of looking through the cast list and all that, and, the, and you know, who's what, Arnold's character is referred to as Dutch throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the character's first name is? <laughs> no. Alan. 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 Uh, our main protagonist's name, and he's, he's, he's this massive guy. He does everything. He's a man's man. Alan. Alan. It just doesn't. It doesn't ring, does it? No. No offense, twenty Alan. No offense, twenty Alan's out there, but Major Alan, Alan Dutch Schaefer. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a surname. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Schaefer. Uh, oh, oh, Alan Schaefer. Sounds like an accountant. Um, Paul Schaefer was the band leader for uh, David Letterman, wasn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> weird, weird connection, but there, there we, we go. It's a leap. There you is know, a big, big old leap. Of course, we got Arnold. You got, yeah. um, you know, and then you got Carl Weathers. Apollo Creed, as he is in my notes. Yes, <laughs> I actually <laughs> had to stop right in Apollo Creed throughout. Uh, I'm not being funny. All of my notes is not referred to Dylan. He is Apollo Creed. Every single <laughs> note. <laughs> Carl Weathers. What can we say about Carl Weathers? Well, I mean, again, I mean, the one thing I got, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of an NFL fan as well. And yeah. the one thing I didn't realize, I knew he'd played, um, he played, uh, he played uh, in the NFL. Didn't realize he played for the Oakland Raiders. Um, really? Yeah, he played for the o- Oakland Raiders. Didn't have like a massive career with the Oakland Raiders. Um, and then he ended up uh, playing in the Canadian Football League. Right. Um, and then during the off season, he went back to university, did uh, his bachelor's degree in performing arts, and then retired from football. Um, and then landed um, a couple of TV series and those type of things. And then obviously his big break was Rocky. Well, I didn't know that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, and I think actually, apart, you know, I think... In terms of his level of performance in this, I think he gives one of his better acting parts. In this. yeah, yeah, because I, when you look at him, he's always the good. You know, even when he's Apollo Creed and he's yeah. trying to sort of you know he's trying to get Rocky to come back and he's trying to sort of he's trying to sort of antagonize it. Underneath it all, you know that actually he's not a bad bloke under it all. Yeah, yeah. But here, Dylan is a fairly two-faced character. Yeah, it's, it's an ulterior motive from the off, isn't yeah. it? You know, there's, it's, there's a couple of shots throughout the film when every now and again Arnie gives him a, a no-win look and he yeah. knows exactly yeah. he's, walk, he's walking into trouble and he's not being told the full story, but it, it's, they've got a mission, they're going to do it. And it's a, there's a few nods throughout as well. It's, it's not just Arnie, you know, you can... Um, Duke does it, does, uh, sorry, yeah. uh, Bill Duke does it, as Mac yeah. does it every now and again. There's the, and there's the conversation between him and, him and the Blaine, they say, you know, and they can see yeah. something's rotten in Denmark, isn't it? You know, yeah. like it's, uh, there's not the full story being released here. But no, I, I think this is, like like I said, I think this is one of Carl Weathers' best performances. Yeah, um, I agree, I agree. You know, yeah. he, you know, he sort of, you know, as the CIA spook at the beginning, of course, he's got his shirt, he's got his... The shortest sleeve shirt on I've ever seen. Do you think it might have been a size or too too small? Just, just, just to a emphasize. little bit. Just to emphasize. Possibly. Yeah, Possibly. Yeah. His tie is horrific, mind. Well, what's the infamous, what's the infamous line, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What's this fucking tie bullshit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and of well, course, well, you've got, you got the classic arm wrestling, haven't you? You son of a bitch. Wow. Bang! <laughs> you know? Now... Forget about the expendables. There is testosterone personified. Yeah, 
two yeah. bulging biceps, you know, with the world's most, what's he, the world's most perfect human specimen. Well, I mean, you know, he won seven Mr. Olympia titles. That's right, yeah. And yeah. I mean, when you, you know, when you look at him, um, and one of the things people always commented about, is particularly his bodybuilding career, is actually anatomically, he was perfect. Yeah. Everything was, everything was almost symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know... But that, that's for a different type of podcast, that yes. is, isn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into that. No, we won't. We won't. Hey, one thing I wanted to say about the cast, um, there are actually two US governors in this film. Yeah, there are. I was going to mention that. You know, I, 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 was, I was trying to rack my brains a little bit, you know, because um, Clint Eastwood was a mayor, wasn't he, for yeah, a short period of time? But I was thinking then, well, yeah, you had Ronald Reagan, who was a president. He was an actor in the 50s, wasn't he? 40s, 50s or something. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was thinking then, well, there's, no, there's actually two US governors in the same film. Now, they, I'm not an American political historian, far bloody from it, but I, I was racking my brains then. Well, has it ever been sort of similar casting, you know? Well, actually, it, there was nearly three governors in this film. Go on. Because Sonny Landon, who plays... Um, Billy. Billy um, he ran yeah. for governor um, on a Republican ticket. But uh, right. had to step down following a somewhat controversial um, uh, radio interview. Episode? Yes. Episode? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think My, he, called, he called for like a subtle uh, approach in the Middle East, something I think his exact words were genocide. Um, <laughs> always a good option? Always. Always, you know, if if you're a megalomaniac, you know, a megalomaniac, you know, or you know, you you have no desire to see humanity thrive and try and sort itself out. So, um, my notes actually do say under Sunny Landham's name, um, with exclamation marks and underlined a few times, the word mentalist. Yes. Now, I don't think I'm out of out of sorts by saying that because apparently he was notoriously difficult when the film was being made. Yeah, really uh, difficult to get along with. Yeah, and um, he's he very much a, a, a man's man and, you know, spoke his mind and did his own thing and wasn't going to be told by anybody how to do things. Yes. And um, it, it, it going back to it, you know, how, that, how it actually got made, <laughs> the film got finished is incredible because they actually shot, didn't they, in Mexico in a jungle. Yeah. <laughs> and true, true to form, when a group of foreigners go to a foreign land, yeah, everybody wiped out by the local food. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, well, Arnold Land... lost twenty five pounds. Yeah, and John McTiernan lost yeah. a lot of weight as well, didn't he? And broke his wrist. He fell. Wow. Because one of the things that they were sort of when they were shooting, obviously the the, the jungle, yeah. and everybody thought, oh yeah, it's a great idea. Let's let let's film in the jungle. Let's film in the jungle. Um, so they arrived at the jungle and they realised actually you can only see about four feet in front of you because of the density. Because of the density of the jungle. So what they were yeah. having to do was they were having to cut leaves out um, in order to get the camera shot, and they were actually shooting large portions of the film on the side of a mountain. Yeah. Um, and he fell. Uh, he completely went down. The, he, he slipped and he fell and he broke his wrist. And he didn't realise he'd actually broken his wrist until filming had finished. She did the entire film with a broken wrist. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Um, who else have we got in the cast? Uh, Shane Black. Now, Shane Black, yeah. I don't know whether you know this, Shane Black was actually cast in this film as a thank you from Joel Silver for writing Lethal Weapon. Yeah, 
Yeah. And Shane Black, for those who may not know, and if you don't know, then why are you listening to this? Uh, Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout. Yeah. Well, he wrote he... The Last Boy Scout on set for this. Did he really? In the takes, he wrote the set. He, he, talked, he talks about it. I think it's on the Region 1 DVD. He talks about he actually wrote the script for um, oh, wow. The Last Boy well, Scout. The, last, the last, Boy, last Boy Scout was the first 18 certificate film I saw in the cinema. <laughs> it was, genuinely. It genuinely was. Um, yeah, so and Shane Black ultimately then went on to direct uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Brilliant with, film. Um, br- excellent film. Excellent film. Um, Iron Man 3, where he made a gajillion dollars. Mm. Uh, <laughs> an awful lot of money. Yeah. Um, the Long Kiss Goodnight with Gina Davis, Samuel Jackson. A lot, a lot of people... Give, I mean, probably because Rennie Harlan directed it. Yeah. Um, but I quite like that film. I think it's fun. I went to the cinema to see it. Absolutely brilliant film. Really enjoyed it. Should have been, it deserved to be a bigger box office hit. I think it's just, it's got either a Christmas scene or it's set around Christmas. Yeah. Oh, well, you're right there. You know, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, the guy, the guy's huge and talented. He, he wrote Lethal Weapon 2 as well, didn't yes, he? As well he as did. Weapon yeah, he, he, he script, and he, he actually worked as a script doctor on Predator. Oh, right, right. He worked as so a you know, if he's on, you know, you've, sense, got, doesn't it? you've got somebody of that caliber. He did, you know, he did a lot of script doctoring on set. Um, yeah, yeah. And what's really, really interesting is he is in line now. Well, he is. He's going to be, he's written and he is directing The Predator, the reboot. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's scheduled for 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a, no, I, I, you may agree or disagree with me, but, um, I think the the Predator franchise franchise lost a little bit of its edginess, I suppose, with the introduction of the Alien versus Predator franchise, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Um, I I personally think Predator Two is is a perfectly accessible film. I think it's really got it's good. It's got good. It, it's got its own merits, and I think yeah. All right, da- Danny Glover isn't as charismatic as Arnie in the lead, but he's he's solid. They've got yeah. a great supporting cast. Bill Paxton, of course, is brilliant. Bill Paxton's you know? brilliant in it. He's great, he's great isn't he? Spoiler, yeah. sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's a couple of really good action scenes in there, you know. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy Predators. I thought Predators was okay, I thought you I, know? I enjoyed that. That opening scene where they fall, oh, the free fall, is amazing. That, that was brilliant. It why, had nobody, why had nobody thought of an opening sequence like that before? Just literally drop them in it. Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that it does suffer from is, he, um, is Adrian Brody. Yeah, he's... He's never going to be an action hero, is he? No, the, and he was the gravelly voice. Yeah. The gravelly yeah. voice really, really didn't do it for me. I... Yeah, and do you know one thing that really bothered me about um, Predators? The trailer. I don't know if you recall this, but there was a, a pretty good trailer released, yeah. you know, as trailers are supposed to be. But right at the very end of the trailer, there was a shot of Adrian Brody in, like, the pit. Yes. Where where they would like they would basically put in, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. And he was just lit up with those predator, the tri dot thing. Yeah, that's and right. He literally had his covered his body, and he's just like, oh, that's it, came over, and he wasn't in the final film. No, wasn't no. in the final film, and I thought, ah, oh, man, you know, you've, you've missed a trick, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, well, originally yeah, it, Robert Rodriguez wrote that film um, back in about nineteen ninety four. Um, right. And he just wrote it because he never thought he'd ever make it. Um, so he wrote it and it ended up sort of almost costing, you know, he was thinking, well, I'm never going to direct it. 
and he wrote the script and it, was, it, would, it would have cost something like 200 million dollars to write the script yeah uh, and it sort of get, get it into production and those things get it you know and just get get it up on the screen um, yeah. and in the end he ended up having to cut his own script down because obviously his film company picked it up and yeah, yeah. and had to put it into production who directed Predators? Was it Nimrod something? Nimrod yeah. Attal boy? Nimrod, did the Nimrod Attal, yeah, that's right. Nimrod he did the Metallica Attal. film, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd say film, it's a concept basically, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. there we are. Um, right, so we've gone from uh, Shane Black to Predators somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesse Ventura. Jesse, Jesse the, the body. The body. Ventura. Now, Interesting point. Yeah. Throughout this film, numerous ca- I'm not spoiling it here, but numerous characters meet untimely and grisly deaths, yeah? They do indeed. Why is Blaine the only one who's mourned? That's a really good point. You think about it, there's an entire sequence where Mac is talking to the moon, reminiscing, yeah. so you know, mournful music in the background, you know, and it's, he's given a moment just before the pig turns up, you know, <laughs> to, to reminisce about, you know, the things they got up to and, you know, the things that they did. But no other character is. No. And I, 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 it, it only struck me when I was doing my notes the other night and I thought, yeah. well, why, why bling? Is it down to that really cool MTV t-shirt he wears throughout the well, film? Well, I was going to say one of the things, and I mean, this is the other thing as well that people tend to forget about Jesse, you know, Jesse the Body Ventura. Yes, he, he went on to become a governor. He's known for his time in the WWF as the kind yeah. of commentator and thing. But actually, he was a genuine Navy SEAL. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, he was. You know, quite a scary, quite a scary guy. Yeah, and when he, when he actually says... It's payback time. Yeah. You know, it's, you know <laughs> shit's going down, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's, there's, a, there's an awful lot of bullets coming this way, isn't yeah. there? You know? And the fact he carries a gun that's usually attached to the side of helicopters. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or on the front of a tank, isn't yeah. it? You know? <laughs> no, this is, just my, this is just my little bag that I carry around. Oh, look, it's all painless. Yeah. You know? <laughs> click, click. Pay, yeah, payback time. But uh, yeah, and um, I've got to make mention about the the cast. Um, I've got two. Where are they now? Now, see if you can guess who, who I'm going to mention. Okay. So it's going to be Adelphia Carrillo. Correct. And Richard Chavez, who plays Pongo. <laughs> yes. Get in there. Yeah. Um, whether or not they fell back into the route of TV movies, I haven't really done the research into it. But they, they, they were, you know, for people with quite such prominent parts in the films because Poncho is like one of the very last people to survive, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. And yeah, and with, along with Anna, you know, ironically. And yet you never sort of see them or, or hear of them again. And, you know, like if, I've, if I'm upsetting the apple cart by seeing it, you know, perhaps they went back to the respective uh, genres they were involved with beforehand. Well, but, you know, to... Richard Chavez, um, he ended up, I think, doing a lot of soap opera. Right. He went back right. and did a lot of soap opera. And for a long time, he was really popular on, like, the convention circuit. Yeah. And yeah. then he actually stopped doing the convention circuit. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's fairly cruel. Um, because he had a stalker. He had a serious, and I think it got really nasty and what have you. So he just decided that he wasn't going to do it anymore. Why? So he, he sort of retreated. He sort of like retreated a... from the public eye a little bit. He's, he's continued to work, and I think he's been on things like um, Young and the Restless and those types of daytime soap opera type. Oh things. wow! I, I, I didn't know that. That's, yeah, that's 
that's that's quite. I suppose it sort of highlights then fascination, you know, because if you can latch yourself onto a, a, one of a better word of mind, the character in a, in a big action film, yeah. an iconic action film, I sort of wow, that's that's bizarre. That is, and that's really. Adelphia Carrillo, she was already a really popular Mexican actress. She'd done quite a lot of right. in Mexico. And, right, right. And she's popping, she pops, you see her popping up occasionally in sort of sort of indie films. Right, um, right. And she's sort of, she's worked continuously. She's even directed, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, she's what, TV directed. or films? No, or film. Or? I think she, uh, I can't remember the, it's the name completely, but she has directed. Oh, wow. Which leads me nicely onto our next character. What do you think? Predator, how do we get to this bit? Is obviously is Bill Duke. Right. Now Bill Duke obviously is a prolific character actor. Um yeah. he's made a fairly big career of playing heavies. I mean yeah. he's in commando. Yeah. Um he's um and he always he's, he's ended up playing quite a few sort of um, police police chiefs and those type of characters. Yeah. But he directed Sister Act Two back in the habit. <laughs> Did he? Yes. To, uh, no, see, yeah, yeah, he directed Sister Act Two back in the habit. Well, I... <laughs> wow, that's I know what I, I know what film I'll, I'll direct next. Um, I'll, I'll I'll direct the follow up to the Whoopi Goldberg smash about singing nuns. Yeah, yeah. My God, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's bizarre. That's a huge leap, isn't it? That's huge. I'm all for. Um, Directors having, you know, I'm gonna write my my next my my next film is gonna be a sci-fi um, spook fest. Then I'm gonna make an environmental um, ecological tale. Then I'm gonna make a comedy romance, you know. <laughs> then I'm gonna do a family drama. Then I'm gonna do films about singing nuns. Now, wow! That's... I go from Commando, Predator, back to you know Sister Act Two, back in the habit. That's weird, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I read that, it and just... That. I actually had to check twice. But yeah, he is the director of Back in the Habit. Which, wow. oddly enough, stars Lauren Hill. Yes. Yes. It was... It was that, that, you know, I, my sister, right? For anybody who knows my sister, <laughs> my sister, right, is the biggest 80s, 90s film nerd, right, you can ever meet, right? If you, if you saw her DVD rack, it's like... Weekend of Bernie's, oh. Overboard, Wildcats, um, Cocktail, <laughs> Risky Business, right? And all the way through, and it's like Sister Act, Sister Act 2. I can honestly say I've never seen Sister Act or Sister Act 2. You're Just a better man there. than I, sir. <laughs> well, there we are. There we are. Should we get back to the most, yeah, we better important, have. most important member of the cast, then? Come on, then. It's the predator himself, isn't it? Oh, Mr. Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. Um, Harry Henderson to others. Yeah. Monster in the Closet but, as well. Monster in the Closet, yeah. But um, as every single living person on the planet knows, he wasn't the original predator. Nope. And which internationally renowned martial arts star <laughs> and advocate for cause beer played him? <laughs> Well, it's, Mr. Lloyd. It's JCVD, isn't it? Mr. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. And it, obviously, you know why he was sacked as well as I do. Well, yes. Well, I mean, originally he was sort of, uh, well, he showed up, didn't he? And he didn't want his face covered for a start. Uh, 
<laughs> because he was being put in some kind of giant red duck suit. Yes, which, and if you Google if you Google the images, yeah. well, it's it, it's it would have been horrific, absolutely yeah. horrific. Yeah, and <laughs> at the same time, mind you, he wanted to go and make blood sport. Yes, he was contractually yeah. obliged to do this one first. So I think he yeah. realized really quickly, nobody's going to see my face. I'm going to be uncredited. Um, I'm dressed as a giant red duck. And I need to get out of it. So he, he pretended to have fainting fits on set. <laughs> and the director, you know, obviously the director looked at it. The producers were looking at it and thinking, hang on a second, this isn't working. But the yeah. other thing as well, the height of Arnold's team. Yeah, they're all big guys. The yeah, smallest yeah. guy on Arnold's team is six foot two. So the height goes yeah. from six foot two to six foot four. Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. is five foot eight. Yeah, and in his big red duck outfit, he looks like, he, he looks like a negative big bird, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> it's terrible. It it's so bad. Terrible. It's so bad. But big big bird actually works as a puppet. Yeah, the, the original predator. Oh my days! Where he's just bouncing oh. up and down and then falls over. It's oh, oh. it's just awful. Oh, I don't think I'd, if I was an actor and I was given a role, I think, right, hang on, no, I'm being paid for this. I would give my every professional, you know, courtesy to it. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But to jump around, do your flying kicks and then faint. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he couldn't even move in the costume. He couldn't get, pick his leg up to kick or do anything. So he's just oh. like bouncing around and then just falling over oh. and badly falling over. It sounds like a bad Doctor Who episode, doesn't it? That, and I think that's 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 insulting to some of the some of the crap that Doctor Who has put out. Oh God, years. yeah, you know, yeah. It's just, but luckily, Arnold was on set. Yes. Very very good working relationship with Mister Stan Winston. Yes. And of course, was able to bring him in, and and again, well, here's the link see, goes back to James Cameron as well with the mandibles. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely just, incredible. Just just happened to be sat by each other, you know, having worked together on the Terminator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Stan Winston's doing the sketch, doing the sketch, and Jim Cameron goes, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's an idea I've got. And he said, well, do you know what you think, I think would look really good in that? Mandibles. I've always wanted a creature with mandibles on it in a film of mine. So Stan Winston takes her away and then adds the mandibles and then, you know, Starts working, 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 and then just gives the predator it. it's an iconic look, isn't it? You know, it's it's just absolutely the creature itself, isn't it? And it well, looks amazing to this day. It looks amazing. Yeah, and I think when you and when you look at like the work, the body of work that Stan Winston produced, you know, you look at American Werewolf in London, you look at you look at the Terminator, um, you even go back and you look at Pumpkinhead. <laughs> you know, I thought Rick. I thought Rick Baker did American Werewolf in London. No, Stan Winston was one of the animatronic team. Ah, right, right, right. He's one of, and and the, the the movement of that. He, you know, he, he was able to, and he was part part of that setup. Right, you know, right. and you know, and like I said, you know, Pumpkinhead. It's not a great film. Lance he, he Hendricks. Direct, he directed think, it. Yeah, yeah, he directed it. Didn't yeah. he? It was the only film he ever directed, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the creature is amazing. Is amazing. Well. The, well it, 
Well, you're not going to the Alien Queen from Aliens, isn't it? You know, oh, just yeah. I I know Geiger did the, the original Alien concepts and all the rest, yeah. didn't he? But you know, yeah. you're not the Alien Queen, and then you can almost see the influence from the Alien Queen onto the Predator, almost. Yeah. Oh, can't you? Same. You you can see how it all sort of fits in, can't you? Same universe, almost. You could see. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. But it's incredible because like, one of my notes actually says that you know to this day the Predator just looks fantastic you know it just looks and that that is in part not only to the the, the makeup and the, you know the prosthetics and everything but it's the physicality as well of, of Kevin Peter Hall you know well, the I late think, Kevin I Peter Hall the thing with it with you know with just the turn of his head you know yeah. and or the way he, he crouches down I think you know and the fact that he has no lines just that little that little turn of his head is worth a hundred lines of exposition well, of course it is of course yeah. it is it's just the, the the nuance of it, isn't it? The, the slight gesture, and yeah. of course, when you've got the little gun on his shoulder, you know, yeah. copying his moves, you know. But it, 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 I, I, I confirm that, you know, I, I maintain rather that it looks amazing. It's just but amazing. Kevin Peter Hall was seven foot two. <laughs> yeah, I was looking. I did. I did a research on stock photos of Arnie and Kevin Peter Hall, and Arnie's what six foot one himself, six two, was he something? Yeah, six, two. And, you know, getting it all by the side of it. It's just like, right, where do I stop looking? Where do I stop looking? Oh, my God, there he is up there. In the full Predators, he's in the full Predator outfit with the mask and everything else on. He is nearly scraping eight foot. Because the feet and the padding and everything. He is massive. He is incredible. They had to, to, didn't they? You know, know. Because it, as we've gone back, as we said about you know Arnie, the perfect specimen, and all the rest, it, it had to be something overwhelming. Not yeah, overwhelming, I suppose, isn't oh, it? You completely. know, just to give that 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 visual reference, you know, the sheer size. And it's just it's incredible, and that you know Stan Winston's well, the costume and is amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. And the special, I will say, special effects, yeah, they do look a little bit dated. But they still work. Yeah, I I think I, I, when you look at the film, because yeah, there are a couple moments in it. And I'll, I'll I'll touch on one particular effect that that for me doesn't you know, it's the bit that the other film that didn't really work. But when you look at like the overall effects, you look at the gunfire, you look at the explosions. Yeah. Even the you know the the, the gun on the shoulder. Yeah. That it, it still holds up really really well. Yeah, and I I, I like the shot. Um, it does look dated, as I've said. But when the eyes light up, the glow, yeah. they glow. Yeah. <laughs> At that shot is so cool. Still now, oh yeah, you know we could we could get better shots on our phones now than that yeah. shot itself. But you know it still looks cool, and it's like the reaction shot thereafter. Completely, it looks brilliant. It looks really, really the other, good. What's interesting, bit another blood of the predator. Yeah, do you know what they use to make that? Well, the glowing green the one. Growing, is it? The grow the glowing green blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Green jelly and Mountain Dew. Really? Mountain Dew. Now, people drink that. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. People drink that. If anything glows that green and you're drinking it, that ain't a good sign. I'll use a different analogy. People drink Strongbow. Yeah. <laughs> When you pull, when you pull, when you pull pints of Strongbow, which is a cider in the UK, to those who may be listening elsewhere, uh, and you've got your pipes to clean, you know your beers or your lagers, 
You don't have to clean uh, strong bow pipes because the cider <laughs> just cleans it all. Now, imagine that in your internal organs. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's an analogy for you, okay? Oh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> so, when we get in background to this, um, you know, when we're looking like, you know, for me, some of the like the, the real standout scenes in this yeah. um, is the helicopter ride into the jungle. Yep. Yeah. You know, and the use of little Richard. Amazing. It, it, it's absolutely brilliant. And, and the, the, the color, the, the, you know, other filmmakers might have decided to, to try and color that scene, didn't they? Rather yes. than just keep the red light on. Yeah. Yeah. When, when it to me it it just adds to the build up of it and completely intensity. yeah completely and you got all the banter going back and forth between the you know between the characters and you've got like you got uh, Blaine spitting on Dylan's boots yeah you've got Hawkins um re- interestingly enough he, whenever you see him reading he's always reading a copy reading a copy of Sergeant Rock I I, I don't know why I I knew you were going to say he, he was what he was going to be reading I had in my my head it was Doc. Doc Savage, Doc, uh, Doc, Doc Savage, Doc, which, Doc is, Savage. which is going to be one of his is a project that he's working on at the minute. But right, right. He was reading it because at the time Arnie's um, production company yeah. had um, they bought the rights to make the film version of Sergeant Rock. It never happened. Right. But that's why he's reading Sergeant Rock. Ah, right. right I know in the credits at the end, yeah, the pictures, he's reading another copy of Sergeant Rock there. Ah, oh, right. Now, funny you should mention the credits at the end. Um, not to sort of jump ahead, no. but why is, God, why is such a good action film and they fly off in the helicopter, spoiler, yeah. at the end, why is it they fade to black and then you've got the cheesy cast shot? I just, you, know, you know, you've got... Um, the, 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 <laughs> the, the lingering <laughs> shot of the camera... Have you and seen the, the Game of Thrones one that uh, the the spoof of if Game of Thrones was shot in the early nineties? Yes, ah, yes. No, that that is the, the end of Predator, and the only cast member who doesn't do it, Arnie. He gets yeah. the cool shot when somebody shoots him from behind, and he's reacting to it, and it's slowed down. It looks brilliant, but every single other one, you know, it's the hi. I'm in a nineteen eighties advert for <laughs> toothpaste. <laughs> it's ah, oh, because it, it threw me. It, through me, it is fairly jarring, jarring because actually, when you look at the film, it is uh, it, it's a fairly gritty, bloody gore fest. I mean, yeah. you know, when you look at like you know, spoiler, Jesse Ventura dies. Um, yeah, but when you look at the bit where they roll him onto his side, he's yeah. got the massive gaping hole in his chest, and his ribs <laughs> yeah. are sticking out. No, yeah, and it's it's it, it's so it, it's so jarring, you know, for everything that's gone before it to have these. Let's go, all right, then let's call them dynasty shots. Yeah. Open it, open it a dynasty. <laughs> yeah? yeah? And you've got everybody turning cheesily to the camera and giving it their best pout. And it's like, why? But going back to Jesse Ventura's death. Yeah. Right. Do you know the first shot that's made over his shoulder? Yes. And the blood comes on his face? Yeah. Is, is that the skunk thing that he spots being killed? I think it might be. I've never because, quite worked it out. No, I, it's one of those sort of things that it just happens and then it's... It's only after you watch the film a couple of times you think, right, well, how did he get blood on his face? Has the animal been shot? Yeah. I mean, I think you can always tell a really, really hardcore film if there's an animal death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know, and you know it's a serious horror, and I'm going to quote um, Jay of the Dead here from the horror movie podcast. Um, you, 
honestly, if you listen to any, I always say this, and I usually give a big shout out at the end of every show. Is if you listen, if you want to listen to one podcast, you've got to listen to the horror movie podcast. <coughs> it is absolutely brilliant. And Jay of the Dead on there always says you can tell it's a hardcore horror film if the dog gets killed. <laughs> it's a statement of intent. Isn't yes. It? Or yes. a child. A dog or a child. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Go for the go for the easy targets just to show how serious you are. <laughs> never mind never mind the adults. No, no, no. Kid, dog. Oh, you you make an horror film. Yeah. You make an horror film. Um can I bring up um, a shot that I love? And it's, it, again, it's only from watching it again recently I realised. Yeah. The opening, se- the opening scene. Yeah. Isn't it very similar to the thing from 1982? Yes. The spaceship. Yeah. Coming out from the darkness. Yes. Pod shooting off and the spaceship flying away. Yeah. Well, actually, the reason why that shot is in the film is... McTiernan wanted to shoot the film in anamorphic widescreen. Right. But the studio wouldn't allow him. So that was like a, like a shot to show the sort of he put aspect it in ratio, there without them knowing. So if you look at it, it looks fairly stretched out. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's the only scene in the film that short shot in an, um, anthropomorphic widescreen. All right, all right. But I, I, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, they were talking five years between the two, isn't it? You yeah. Know? And the thing you could argue, has got similarities to an extent between the two, isn't it? Like an alien being on Earth and yeah. a bunch of guys together yeah. and, you know, individual characteristics. But I just, it's, I, I, I never sort of equated the two together as, you know, that shot, you know, being so similar. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody's lawyers are listening, I want credit for this, please. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's like... Um, it was like, oh my god! I never, I never sort of. It's, it is only when you know you are taking serious, well, serious as serious as this is notes. You start noticing these things, isn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the, sorry. The other great scene is the attack on the camp. Right. That now, is... now, my, can I read my exact? Yeah, note no, please, on this? please go ahead. Seven men take out a gorilla base of about 40 plus, plus people, admittedly with some grade A weaponry. Yeah. Now, if we do the simple mathematics, seven men against 40 plus. Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we just falling into <laughs> 1980s action cliche here with slow-mo shots of people falling off bridges and out yes. of towers, which is a long staple of a lot of films. But... Seven men against 40. Mm. Suspension of disbelief, of course. However, would seven men really take out a base of 40? Don't know. Don't know. I'm sure somebody at some point will come back to us and say, and during this conflict or some other, this has actually happened. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it is, a, it's yeah. a very 80s scene, isn't it? Yes, very 80s. However, it is so brilliantly shot. It is... It's McTiernan and flexing his action muscles, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, from Arnie's triggering it all and, you know, various characters coming in and out of the shots. It's yeah. brilliant. Do you know, and, and for me, it's the sound. The sound of the gunfire is so loud. My exact, it's concussive. Yeah, my exact... My, my next comment after that is the sound effects. 
The sound yeah. in that film is phenomenal. The gunfire, the explosions, and you hear every bullet hitting and ricocheting, don't yeah. you? And, yeah. You know, wood, the wood splintering, and, you know, it's just amazing. It is amazing. And, of course, you get the classic line in there, you know, this hit well, man. Just, yeah, I ain't got time, I ain't to, got bleed. time to bleed. <laughs> you got time to duck. <laughs> and there's a couple of others, isn't there? The knock, knock. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and stick around, you know. And, the, uh, Arnie. Oddly enough, the stick around line is an improvisation. And he came yeah. up with it on the day. <laughs> you could just imagine him sitting around, could you, thinking... Yeah, I've got I, with a little notebook, isn't it? This would work here. This would work here. <laughs> you know, I, the other scene, of course, is when they shoot the jungle after Blaine gets killed, oh, and everybody and appears and just starts shooting. I <laughs> I made a note here. Is this the most amount of bullets ever used in a sequence in a film? No, and it's not. Do you know what film has the most bullets ever used? It is. I believe, or oh, it's very, very close there, The Wild Bunch. It's not. No, I always thought it was The Wild Bunch. No. And when I read it, I was, that can't be right. It can't be right. I was I was convinced it was Hard Boiled by John Yeah, Moore. Yeah, right? I, I was going to say Hard Boiled or The Wild Bunch. Yeah, I was convinced it was Hard Boiled. But it's actually another film that stars Chow Yun-Fat. The Killer? Nope. Better Tomorrow. Forget about um, any Asian action film. Oh, it's going to be something like it's. It'll be something horrific, like the replacement killers or something. Now, isn't it? Ten points to Mister Lloyd. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, the, re- no. the replacement killers. How? I mean, how? I mean, exactly. And then I started thinking. Well, hang on now. What about the third Matrix film with all those those massive robots that they're on at the end? Yeah. Shooked in those massive guns, and they, you know, there was, there's bullets got it. Well, it is CG, I'm not saying otherwise, but that you're telling me the replacement killers has got more bullet fire than the bloody predator and hard boiled and the wild bunch. And oh, well, there you are. It's, a t- it's a t- times like this, you just want to smash your computer up. In it, 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 there you are. Side note, whilst we're speaking of the killer and everything else, um, yeah, before I got married. Um, I had a bit of downtime just, to, you know, just just before everything else, and I actually sat in my hotel room and watched the killer. <laughs> <laughs> it was that a preemptive measure? I, 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 I just thought, <laughs> I got a bit of time. I got my DVD player. What have I got with me? Oh, the killer! I'm about to well, go. You know, one of the most romantic know, days of your life, or the so, most romantic day of your <laughs> life, and there so I am I, watching the killer. Watch watching a woman getting blinded <laughs> by an assassin, is it? <laughs> and for future reference, um... <laughs> this has oh absolutely God. nothing to do with my insurance claim of the day of the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so random. That is so yeah. random. But anyway, but yeah, going back, going yes. back. Um, one, one, one thing I picked up. Um, do you know when Billy? Yeah, is these moments where he's spooked and he's off in the distance yeah. and he can see yeah. things other people can't see. What's in his leather pouch? Mm, that's a really... Because he does an awful lot of going off on his own. Yeah, you know, and, you know, it, 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 Billy is Dutch's go-to guy, you know. You yeah. know he wants, when he wants, you know, 
I, right, you've given me logical answers. Now let me have the mythical one, isn't it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, something's out there, Major. And he's, right, what is that? What's in the pouch? What's in the pouch? Is it runes? Is it mythical stones? Is it magic beans? I don't know. Well. <laughs> I don't know. But right. it's just, it's, 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 you know, he's not only there for his... His physical presence and his, you know, his shooting ability, but he's there for his, um, his uh, Indian spirit, shall we say? Well, uh, the original character of Dutch was going to be a Native American. Oh, right, right. And the character, obviously, Arnold got involved, and I don't think that he would ever pass as a Native American. No. Um, so it'd, be like John, John, it'd be like John Wayne playing Genghis Khan, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that film's terrible. Oh, oh, that's awful. Oh, oh. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, sorry, sorry. But um, oh, I just oh, the images are just back. Of, <sighs> do you know? It, it is amazing in there. Over the years, um, I have you know sat through some absolute tripe, Bill. just just terror, just awful, awful films. And yeah. you always think you say, "Oh, I, there was something in that." Yeah. No. Not no. John Wayne as Genghis Khan. No. 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 Never. Ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. That was never going to work. No. And it just shows the clout of John Wayne at the time, doesn't it? You yeah. know that he that he had, and it'd be like Elvis turning around saying, "Right, my next film, guys, I want to be uh, Dolly Parton." <laughs> of course, Elvis. Why not? Of course, you're Elvis. Of course, you'd be Dolly Parton. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Again. Um, <laughs> the other thing as well, I mean, when you look at um, Sonny Landon, he was actually in The Warriors as well. Yeah. He plays the one of the coppers who gets his leg broken by a baseball bat. Yeah. yeah. But he got his acting career um, started in the adult film industry. He did indeed. Yes, he did indeed. And his... Behaviour in latter films sort of stems from his behaviour on those films, films apparently. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is where they said they had problems reining him in somewhat, well, by all accounts. The, John McTiernan was adamant that he wanted him to play the role because the character, a bit, like I said, Dutch's character was originally going to be this Native American. Yeah. But they turned that character into Billy's character. Right. And they developed that. And John McTiernan was absolutely adamant that he wanted him. Yeah. But the studio said that, okay, if you're going to have him, you must, you know, we, these are the stipulations for him. And they actually hired two bodyguards who went everywhere with him. And it yeah. wasn't for his safety. It was for the safety of everyone else <laughs> on the film set. <laughs> it, you know, you, you, you hear these stories, don't you? And you think, my God, what was the thought process? But when, when you actually do look at the, the final result, to see the, 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 the final result itself, yeah, Billy as a character, he is a violent man because he's a, he's a, he's a special forces, isn't he? Yeah. But he's so sort of stoic in his mannerisms and his, the way he moves, isn't he? Yeah, completely. That, you know, and so it's like cut and then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, it's, it's I think, though, he gets the, one of the best deaths. Oh, yeah, but you, you don't see it. No. No, but there's that moment in it where he thinks, right, you know, and you know, any person who strips off and then cuts themselves with a giant knife, you think, hang on a second, if he's willing to do that to himself, whilst holding a leather pouch, yes, <laughs> what would he be willing to do to me? 
Well, you know yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know, it's you actually see the the predator's process as a result of what he does. Yes. To, uh, Billy, isn't it? Yeah. You yeah. know, because it, it's mentioned that yeah, they get strung up and all the rest, but then you do actually see the trophy then. Yeah. You yeah. know, the spine removed and the skull and the cleaning process and all of that then, isn't it? Now, they, we've skipped some one major part that everybody talks about when they see Predator for the first time. Come on then. Dylan's third arm. <laughs> For a film that yes. prides, its, prides itself on special effects, how they missed that, I really don't know. No, I mean it is. It's a it's a big one, and it? it is, and it's a glaring one. However, it, I don't think it takes away from the scene. No, it doesn't, because you are sort of swept up in the moment, almost, aren't you? Yeah. And it's only on a repeat viewing that you might, oh my god, look, you can see his arm tucked down his pants, Blair. Yeah, but how? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's very, very similar to when you watch Gladiator. Now, when yes. you look at, you know, th- yeah. the Roman said the, the Roman legionnaire wearing jeans. Yeah, and uh, the gas canister in the uh, chariot is yeah. flung over, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah, there's plenty of them. The, yeah. the stormtrooper banging his head and, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of out there. There's plenty of out there. But it's a, I think the only reason that you really notice it is because it's a 1980s slow-mo shot. Yes. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, the camera pans around the back and he's turning the opposite way, so it looks really cool until you see his arm tucked down in his pants behind him <laughs> with his prosthetic arm to the side. But, no, uh, I mean, when you look at this film, it is really an 80s film, even down to it manages to get a montage in there. In fact, you get oh, two yeah. montages in there. Yeah, you does, get when they're yeah. set in the trap. Yes. You know, and I think, I, I think the, the, the sort of bicep shot ratio goes through Absolutely. the roof. I think I think it I think it beats over the top. Oh. It beats oh. it, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. And because jungle setting, sweaty guys, extraterrestrials, um trees hacked within three minutes down yeah. to sharp pointy sticks. Yeah. <laughs> and um you know, vines holding stronger than steel. Yeah. What, what's really interesting, Carl Weathers on the um, on some of the special features on the on the DVD talks about sort of um, thinking. Right, we got I, you know, I, everybody's looking fairly in good shape in this. So, you know, he's, he, you know, and he's in really good shape in this film. He is, you know, he is shredded. But yeah, he was still sneaky. Thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up at half past three in the morning. I'll sneak down to the gym to get my workouts in. Before I get to set, so I'm all pumped before I walk up. He walks into the gym at three thirty in the morning, and they're all there before him. and <laughs> uh, I, I suppose that's the camaraderie that builds up the, the team relations. Then, yeah. guys, Arnie's probably gone to the boys in the army and said, "Right, we get it up at one o'clock in the morning." So when he thinks that he's ahead of us, it shows that he's he's out of the game. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, so that that hopefully transitions into the screen, and it does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, oh, completely, know? completely. But, but what's really uh, interesting, no, well, they do, they they lay in the booby traps. They, you know, there's all this macho pulling going on, and you see them cutting on these trees and heavy lifting. They yeah. take a shot to um, Anna, who's carrying leaves. Yes, and and she's rubbing the the mountain dew, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is, oh, I wouldn't. I wonder if that's tasty. Mm. Uh, no, no, it's acid. What can, we, you know, what can we get her to do? She must do something. I know, we'll make her carry leaves. 
Oh, it's, it's oh. <laughs> 80s films were brilliant, weren't they? But they was like so oh. that, that sort of idea of you know political correctness of equality. Yeah. Of, it's just you know it is just it, it is ridiculous. It's sheer sheer lunacy. Yeah, it's lunacy. Yeah, it is lunacy. Yeah. I mean, and what I you know the other the other key component for me in this film is the music. Alan Silvestri. Yeah. Now, I don't you know you you've played the trailer obviously, and the trailer music from the original trailer is absolutely shit. <laughs> the trailer music, right? <laughs> oh my god, it is bloody awful. <laughs> it's not great, is it? It's, it's not great. And then when you get to the actual film itself, Alan Silvestri's score is absolutely. It's probably playing throughout the film. Yeah, oh, it's, it's just it's it it is an amazing piece of you know of, of scoring. It is brilliant. It it, I, I, it it propels the film, doesn't it? Yeah, because, oh, completely. You know, you may have your shot on screen, but the thing is, if you've got your if your music timed perfectly to a man stomping through the jungle, yeah, and it propels it, doesn't it? It, it yeah. makes it feel quicker than it actually is, and yeah. it's incredible score, absolutely incredible score. And I was looking through like his body of work and. I, I I certainly think when you listen to a certain composer, you can pick up the notes. Yeah, uh, yeah there's, yeah, there's going to yeah. be certain things in certain films. It's like John Williams is the classic of that, isn't it? You know, yeah. you're gonna you, once you hear a John Williams piece of music, it's like right, that is John Williams. And then I looked at Alan Silvestri's work, and it's like, well, Back to the Future, Back to the Future, I, and then thinking about it, well, loud horns, loud horns, yeah. loud horns, yeah. Predator, you know, that those loud burst noise, you yeah. know, coming through and. And he did. He did Avengers Assemble as well, didn't did he? he? Uh, yeah, I didn't actually realise he'd done Avengers. Yeah, yeah, he did Avengers Assemble, and, and I remember watching it in the cinema. And that one shot in Avengers, where like you know, it's going from one Avenger to the other to the other, yeah. at the top of the yeah. air, and it looks brilliant and fairness. And like the music's propelling on, propelling on. And I'm thinking, I've heard this music before. If I haven't heard this music, I've heard the composer, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the beats, yeah. the beats, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know those moments. And then it was like, you know, right, IMDb when the film's finished. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. It's Alan Silvestri. And, it, you know, it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes absolute perfect sense. But, like, last episode I covered um, Zombie Flesh Eaters. And yes. I talked in that in great detail about Fabio Frizzi. Um, right. One of the Italian, you know, he is an absolute legend of Italian horror films. And his music in that is so, it's his, you know, that's heavy, heavy synth score. Yeah, um, but like when you like you said when you listen to Alan Silvestri, you can clearly hear his music. You know, it's, it's like, like, you, like the Back to the Future. You know that tune anywhere. Do you know what else he soundtracked? Which I was really quite surprised when I actually read it. Forrest mm. Gump. Did he? Yeah. That's, uh, that's... Uh, now, if like, don't get me wrong. People have their own issues with Forrest Gump. Me personally, I don't. I think it's a good film. I think it's good, and it's got an amazing soundtrack. It does it's have an sound- amazing soundtrack. The soundtrack is. is brilliant, right? But the thing is, the music is so understated in Forrest Gump. Yeah. That if if you think about it, compared to like Sylvester's other body work, which is quite bombastic and loud and what have you, yeah, it t- it's like oh my god, he did that. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that is the beauty of being a you know. Bloody, what's the word? Can't off the tip of my tongue. The composer, that's yeah, the that's one. Word, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a long day. We've been, been a long. 
to be honest, we've been going for an hour now, so we're probably starting to get a bit slap happy at this point. Yeah, so, um... yeah, I know. And I think I, I haven't got. I've been taking off my notes, right? So I haven't got many notes. I, I think we're almost there. <laughs> I think we're almost there. Um, one thing I did want to say um, was: Are you aware of the film? The other films that came out in 1987. Well, I mean, I know, like, for example, you know, 1984 was a massive year for film. It was a bump of, you know, re, you know, you had Ghostbusters and you had, you know, you had Terminator. You had really, really, really good, you know. Yeah. But I, 87 kind of missed me a little bit. Well, the biggest film of that year was Three Men and a Baby. Oh, that's probably why you missed me then. Yeah. Which, yeah. Was direct, which was directed by? Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. The second biggest film of that year was Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> now, as as, you, as I was going through the, the the list of like the films coming out uh, um, in that year, and I was thinking, then, well, if this is if the, if the box office is equated to now, then the, the figures on those films would be for the time they're astronomical. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Predator was the eleventh uh, biggest film in the US of that year, right? Yeah. And ahead of it, you had uh, this isn't in particular order, but you had Lethal Weapon. The first lethal weapon. So if you think yeah. about it, it was, the 87 was a brilliant year for Shane Black, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. And Joel Silver. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Untouchables. That's a, just a great film. The, the, uh, brilliant film. Brilliant film. Uh, Robocop came out the same year. That's a good film. Paul, well, I can spend longer and longer than speaking about Predator, about Robocop, than probably very other few films. Well, we'll um, have to cover it at some point. We are going to have to cover it at some point. Definitely. We'll have to make a day of it, though, yeah. the way this is going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Full Metal Jacket came out. And you see... Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Ooh. Now, that's a controversial one, you know, because Nightmare on Elm Street, I like Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's a good, yeah, it, it, good it, film. It, it is a good film, and it's very much very of its good. time. Yeah. Freddy's Revenge. Dreadful. Oof. Dreadful. Whoa. Absolutely dreadful. Yes. Yeah. And then Elm Street Elm Street Three is the best nightmare like, Elm Street film. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Hands down. It's inarguable. I don't care if Johnny Depp was in the first one. Nightmare like, Elm Street Three is yeah. it's got the best special effects in it. Yeah. It's got the best scare sequences in it. Yeah. Um it's probably the um, it's certainly got the most original deaths in it. Yeah, death, death by witty. It's genuinely witty. And it's 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 where I think Freddie comes into his own, and it's like the the pithy one liners, you yeah. know, like you know, uh, hit the prime time bitch, and then you yeah. know that's the classic <laughs> one, you know. Um, yeah, it's a fucking great film. That's a really good film. That is. Um, go back to my list. Running Man came out in eighty seven. Hey, no, using it a lot. I am amazed that a lot of people don't realise that Running Man is a Stephen King novel. Yes, but it's the Batman series. Yeah, isn't it? have you yeah. read it? No, I, I, in fact, mm. the only, I, I'm not a huge King fan to be honest because um, I've read his uh, Dreamscape Nightmares, the short stories yeah, yeah, after yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, uh, and I've read a couple of other his books, but I tend to find his books and it's quote my grandmother directly. He does a lot of verbal diarrhea. Yeah. Oh, there's complete. There's loads of it, and but yeah, the Running Man book and the Running Man film have, a, apart from the title. And Nothing. a couple of things in common is it, they're very, very different stories. Well, you could you could argue the same if you speak to Stephen King about the Shining book to the Shining film, isn't it? Yeah, 
yeah. But then I think uh, Stephen King loses all credibility because he did make Maximum Overdrive. ACDC sounded soundtrack that film. Yeah, best thing in it. ACDC and Emily Westervis. Yeah, no, I could talk about Emily Westervis. A couple of couple of other films that came out. Uh, Lost Boys came out this year as well. Wow, which is which is, it's, I think, is still holds up this day, even though it's a very nineties film. It's brilliant. Uh, Princess Bride. Oh, you know, Princess Bride is one of my all time favorites. It's a brilliant film. It's so, um, it's genius. The film is genius. Um, another, oh, well, there's a couple. There's two. There's, there's a couple more here now. There's two classics. And there's two, well, you'll laugh your head off. Angel Heart came out oh, in 1997. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely brilliant film. Brilliant. Uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness came out in 1987. He much underrated. Much hugely, underrated. Hugely underrated. Hugely underrated. And these two came out as well. Uh, Masters of the Universe. I love it. I love Masters of the oh. Golden Globus. Come on. <laughs> come on. That is a brilliant documentary. Oh, if you have if you haven't Electric seen it, Boogaloo, about, please, oh anybody who's listening, you must. You it must. Is absolute genius. Genius piece them. of filmmaking. I oh, love them. They were. Oh, that's lunatics. another one. Lunatics. <laughs> lunatics. Yeah, lunatics. Lunatics. And finally, uh, Mel Brooks's Spaceballs came out in like the oh. as well. <laughs> now, I played. I played that film for my kids. Um, I said, you've got to watch this. It's a spoof of Star Wars. And they, they're watching it now. And they, this was a couple of years ago. And they're like, oh, it's okay. It's a bit funny, isn't it? You know? Now I didn't realise the level of swearing. Was yeah, a, I, I totally did. forgot. Yeah. And there was one or two lines come in there. And straight away I get there. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't remember this when I was a kid watching it. But uh, no, it, it's, it's such a funny film, Spaceball. But he, man, oh, God. Oh, yeah. It, it's part of it looks really good, but it's just the, the man I'm still staring at now has more acting ability than Dolph Lundgren. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interestingly enough, my, me, uh, me and my wife were sat down. We were watching Blade Runner um, uh, last night. And uh, she turned around at one point and actually said, oh, Dolph Lundgren's looking pretty good there. <laughs> Got Ritka Hauer and Dolph Lundgren. I, I'm completely dead for mentioning that, but it's just so funny. Look, you, you can bl- you can blame me. I brought up Dolph Lundgren in the conversation, so you know. Uh, we've all got stories like that. I know. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I, there's a couple of other notes I got. Mud, 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 mud everywhere. Mud. Brilliant idea, mate. Yeah, actually, it has absolutely no. Uh, basis in scientific fact at all no no but his still. eyes are open the, you know the other big thing is his eyes are open so you just <laughs> have these two beaming red eyes there yeah about. yeah brilliant it's brilliant um the shot of arnie lying on the tree with the prem oh, brilliant at that is amazing you know he's covered in the mud and he's lying on the tree and it's dark apart from the odd fire here and there like you know completely 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 agree with you and it's, it's, it's it. the, the white of the eyes isn't it yeah. it's all about the white of the eyes and when he goes Thump lands behind him, and you're like, "You're fucked, mate. <laughs> 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 you were game over here, man. It's just done. Yeah, done. Completely agree. Completely agree. And um, it, it, there was one thing about the end, towards the end of uh, Predator, you know, with, like the intricate trap and the build yeah. up, you know, yeah. and 
oh look, there's a log there that I can lift up with these vines that I've just. Well, right. We brought that up. We brought yeah, that up. Yeah. <laughs> when Arnie runs through that uh, that tunnel, yes, and with the overhang and all the rest, and he's going, "Come on, kill me, do it, do it," and he goes round. Why doesn't Arnie just run back the other way? True. That's a really good point. You know, it's 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 like the well. If you're not going to follow me this way, follow me that way. <laughs> he doesn't do it. No, he just wait. He gets gets waited. You know, to be picked up by the throat again. Again. You know, and <laughs> I'm just going to throw you thirty feet away from me now, and <laughs> I'm just going to come and kick the shit out of you. But um, why? Why? That's a really good point. That's a That's really it. really good point. But these things shouldn't detract from what is a genuinely, genuinely brilliant film. And I mean, genuinely brilliant. The only bit for me in this film that really, really doesn't work, and I always scoff, and I scoffed the first time I saw it, and I still have a little moment now, is the fact that he is able to run away and dive out of the, out completely out of the way of a nuclear blast. My last note before the cheesy post-credit sequence. Yes. Nukes. How? Swimming in water is not going to save you from a nuclear explosion, I'm afraid. <laughs> however small it is, yeah, right. However small it is, and however violent that explosion may be, swimming in water is not going to save you because that water will become contaminated. You will die, and it'll also the temperature will rise. So yes, essentially considerably. You will be boiled. <laughs> considerably, and there's no sort of nuclear fallout, is there? Nope, nope. He's fine. He's perfect. His teeth stay in. Uh, yeah, a bit yeah. tired and a bit beaten up, but. Uh... Do you know the helicopter pilot that picks him up? Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. Kevin Peter Hall. Reading my mind. I know, I know. We're, we're too good at this. We, we are. are. We, we are. Good. Right. Are we done? We're pretty, we're not far off. I mean, the last thing, it wouldn't be a, you know, a Predator episode unless we mentioned the one-liners. Come on. Go ahead. What's your Go fa- what is your favourite one-liners or are there many more? Um... I suppose the one that dis- whenever you say president, I think the one that is synonymous with it is the infamous. Um, I'm not going to do it in, in his accent because it would be unjust. Because yeah. the, the only per- the only person who can do it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. True. Um, and the line, of course, is "Get to the chopper." Yes, completely. Yeah, and, and you know. The, 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 the film has got a myriad of lines. Not all, not always Arnie as well. No, um, no. You know, you've got a. Um, you've got uh, oh yeah you've got you've got um, Mac going I see you and as he's looking out into the jungle you can see him love it it. but there's a lot there's an awful lot more than I realised it's like uh, killed by a fucking lizard yeah You know, there's, there's loads, isn't there? Yeah, it's I mean, like, um, Jesse Ventura, son of a bitch, is dug in like an Alabama tick. <laughs> Goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it is. It's, 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 it's like these odd little one-liners, isn't it? That, you yeah. Know, you, 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 because of Arnie and Arnie and who he is and his reputation, you do only tend to forget, remember, sorry, remember those individual ones, isn't it? Yeah. But when you... <laughs> Well, you actually do hear it. There's, there's an awful lot going on, you know, and the, 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 every character gets it. You know, it's is is um, is one moment to shine. Isn't it? It's like um, uh, uh, it's like uh, Poncho who found um, Hawkins, and he goes, "Can't tell," because <laughs> <laughs> it's just entrails in front of him. So, you know, like 
Didn't bring DNA kit into the jungle. Yeah. <coughs> I tell you something. Um, I gotta be honest because I think I gotta. Be, you've we've pretty much written the same notes. Yeah. Um, we've exhausted everything. Um, yeah. the only thing left for us to do is score this film out of ten. Ooh. Now, what would what would you class as a, a ten out of ten film? Just completely off guard. The Exorcist is a ten out of ten for me. Really? Like, you know, people say Citizen Kane. For me, I think The Exorcist is a technically perfect film. It is a technical marvel. I will grant you that. Um, it's yeah. It's, if you're looking at it from that aspect, yeah. Me personally, my you probably know this. My my favorite film of all time is Goodfellas by Martin Scorsese, and to me, it's it's my favorite film of all time because um, everything is perfect about it. In as much that uh, cinematography, the editing, the acting, um, the sets, the costume, the food. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever watched that film and thought, oh my god, I'm starving? Yes. You know, that's what it is, and it's perfection. So Goodfellas is a ten out of ten film. As far as I'm concerned, uh, Predator. I would, if I was being brutally honest, I would say he's probably about a seven and a half to an eight. Ooh, seven and a half. So you could settle on a seven point five or an eight. Where, where are we going to land? I would give it an eight. You going to give, give it an eight? eight. I give it an eight simply because um, it's 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 influence and you know it's it's moment in time. It's it, it, the legacy. It's lasting legacy is yeah. almost a new one. If I put a sci-fi action film, I, you know, That's along with movie. the thing which I personally think is probably the best horror film of all time. Myself personally, mm, it's up there. It is definitely definitely. I, I, agree. I, I know you're a big fan of um, uh, zombie flesh eaters, which I haven't watched. I'll admit, and uh, I, I probably never will watch. But um, <laughs> no, it's this gospel. I'm quite honest about what I will and will not watch these days. And when in my younger days, I had an affinity with watching Blood and Gore and having, you know, yeah. no sort of, you know, be bothered by it. But as I've grown older, it's just, I can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I would give credit at eight. If we're talking Die Hard, McTiernan's next film, then that's that's ten. That's yeah. ten out of ten film. Yeah. And me, and my me, and my wife watch that film every Christmas Eve. Ah, yeah, we do. Generally, yeah, yeah, because it's a Christmas Eve film, isn't it? It is. It is. It is a Christmas Eve film. Yeah. Um, would you say then this is a must own or a high priority rental? Uh, must own. A must own. Okay. Must own. Very much For so. A must me, own. Me, I'm coming in at an eight point five. Right. I'm coming in at 8.5. I think it's a must-own. I think, you know, everybody, every household should have it. Yes. I think, you know, keep it under your pillow. Give it secret kisses at night. Um, okay. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I love the film. But, yeah, there, there are a couple things in it that, you know, you just think, oh, I can't really give... If I'm saying that The Exorcist is my 10, yeah. I, you know, and, you know, for other... Re- there's a few other films out there that are a 10 for me, but for this... Eight point five. Um, and yeah, it's a must. It's, film. it's yeah. It's 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 like it's lightning in a bottle. Oh, completely, it's completely, 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 completely. Such, completely. It, it's such. It's everything works, and there are very, very few films out there that you know. Yeah, it's got its one or two moments that don't exactly work, but together it works brilliantly yeah. as a whole. Yes, and completely, that's what, that's what you want, isn't it? 
So, um, that wraps us up on Predator. Sir, it has been an emotional roller coaster. I don't think I, you know, I don't think I've laughed this hard for a while actually talking about <laughs> Predator. Um, <laughs> um, I, I just hope that, you know, there's a couple of points that I've made that I myself didn't realize until I watched it again. And if the people listening to this think, oh my God, yeah, then cool. Yeah. That's all I want today, yeah. you know, so. That's what we want. So, um, is there anywhere in particular you want people to can you know can look out for you on Twitter, on Facebook, or uh, any, any shout outs you want to give? Right, um, I'm on Twitter. I'm at late winst, which is L E I G H T W I N S T. Don't bother looking for me on Facebook. I won't accept you as a friend. Um, I want to give a shout out to the following: Martin Scorsese, <laughs> John Carpenter. Liverpool Football Club, my family, <laughs> and finally to you, Mr. Lloyd, it's been a pleasure. Oh, sir, it has been, you know, to quote Vinnie Jones from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, it's been emotional. Thank you very much. Can I just quote the fourth best drummer in the Beatles? <laughs> Go for it. Peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care, buddy. Shut up, man. So that just about wraps up this episode. Um, once again, I'd like to thank my co-host on this episode, Mr. Leighton Winston. Thank you very much. As you can hear, I've had an absolute scream talking about Predator. Um, this has been a lot of fun to do. And I hope you've enjoyed this show um, to whoever's listening out there. Thank you very much for all your support. Uh, thank you for your retweets, uh, your likes, uh, for responding to my messages, um, for following uh, the, my channel on YouTube. Uh, for following me on Twitter, for following me on Facebook. Um, as always, you can find me at the Undead Wookie. That's all capital letters over on Twitter. You can find me as Hugh Lloyd on Facebook. And you can obviously subscribe to my channel. Just follow the links from this show. Um, but I can't do this show without your support. I can't do this show without the support that everybody who's listened and who's retweeted and has given back to me. And I can honestly say that I've been very, very humbled with the response. As always, I've got a couple of shout-outs. I want to say a big thank you to my man Blake over at Spivey Point over on Twitter. Um, thank you, man, for all your support. Um, and I always look forward to reading your tweets. Um, as always, I want to give a big shout-out to everybody over on the Horror Movie Podcast because it is probably one of the, if not the best, podcast out there. I want to give a big shout out to Gregor Mortis and his crew um, over at the Land of the Creeps. Love the show. Absolutely love it. Um, really, really loving the Italian horror segments that you guys are doing in shows. Um, so anybody who's into has any kind of interest in Euro horror and those type of things, get on over there and listen to them. You can subscribe to both the Horror Podcast and Land of the Creeps over on iTunes. Um, I'd also want to say, if you're looking for a, a really good blog um, and you're looking for really, really good quality writing, get yourself over uh, to the Bad Horror Review. Now, you can follow that over on Twitter at Bad Horror Review. Um, you can also find uh, it on WordPress. Uh, it's a great, great show. Uh, not show. <laughs> show. Uh, blog. It really is. Um, I love reading it. And... 
it is it, it's well worth get over there look at it if you love your exploitation if you love your cheesy cinema if you love your bad 80s stuff get over on there because let's face it we all love it now next episode we will be looking at the ridley scott classic blade runner and i have a very very special guest uh, lined up for that show and i can't wait to get cracking on that one so it's all that's left for me to say is this in the immortal words of count duckula the night out there whatever you are <laughs>